Survivor chronicles the lives of 20 strangers stranded together in the middle of nowhere, forced to build and destroy their own new world. Over the course of several weeks, these island-dwelling men and women are locked in a physically and mentally exhausting battle to outwit, outplay, and outlast each other, voting each other out every three days at the terrible temple known as Tribal Council. After 39 days, one of these castaways will walk away as the sole survivor, in possession of the million-dollar prize that goes along with the coveted title. After only three days, one survivor will walk away from years of dreaming about this journey, months and months of surviving a grueling casting process, weeks and weeks of preparation for the game, days and days on lockdown, and the guarantee of more than a month away from everything and everyone they know and love, no matter how early they lose their life in the game, all for only three days of actual playtime. This season, someone else will become a first one out of sorts. The first one out to Ghost Island, the graveyard of bad survivor decisions, birthed from the ruins of nearly 20 years of broken dreams. This castaway's name will forever be etched in survivor history as Ghost Island's first guest. But in truth, another person was swinging from the monkey bars of this spooky playground before anyone else. This podcast series is the story of finding the season's first sacrifice to the fearsome survivor gods. It is also the story of an idiot and a moron. This is First One Out, and I am Ghost Zero. Survivor, Season 36, Night Zero. Your boy needs a nap and a beverage and at least an armrest, so I'm gonna flap him like a chicken. That's so screwed up. That's legitimately very, 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 very scary. During casting, I told they asked me who, who are you scared of here? Who do you think could win? I said him. She kind of reminds me of some of the girls back in back in high school who were kind of like bullies Ooh. to me. I've heard a lot of people saying they love her, and I've heard other people saying she's too much. I think of him like, uh, and I mean this in an endearing way, but I think of him like Fozzie Bear. She is like a highlighter. She runs around with all these bright colors. The more that you can open up to them, the more that they'll open up to you, but he's on the I don't fucking trust you scale. For The Hollywood Reporter, in collaboration with Rob Has a Podcast, I'm Josh Wiggler. This is First One Out, Ghost Zero. Chapter 5, The Spy Phone. Ghost Island, a source of ultimate rejuvenation for the Survivor superfan, sure. 
but the spooky playground also has a way of driving you slowly mad. Throughout my time in the graveyard of bad survivor decisions, I feel like I'm being watched. Not by Matt Van Wagnon, though I do have my suspicions on that front. No, it's something more sinister. I hear voices whispering in the shadows, monstrous silhouettes dancing in the dark, illuminated occasionally by the island's eternal flame. It feels like they're calling my name. I'm sure I'm imagining things. The voices must be coming from inside my own head. But if you're living on Naviti Beach, and you have this sinking feeling that you're being watched, you might not be crazy after all. You might just be on a tribe with Dominic Abati. Ah, oh, I don't know. He's always watching people. He kind of makes me nervous. I don't know if I can trust him. I don't trust him either. I don't. Tr- I don't trust anyone to be honest. But he he can't even smile. Like it's hard for him to smile. So I know, like if he tries to befriend me, it's like all fake. It's it's totally fake. That's the one I think is evil. You think he's evil? Yeah. What, he has what gives you that? Eyes every time. Every time, like, he'll give, like, a weird little evil smirks, and he's just kind of... He always sits by himself in the back of the cafeteria. Uh, the Hustler. Um, no one is Russell Hance, except for Russell Hance, but, like, a tones-down Russell kind of vibe. He, he's got that, like, um, Tony look, you know, kind of Tony 2.0. I mean, maybe totally different, but I'm going to guess that he's, like, a Jersey guy, big talker, funny, entertaining. Um, I, I think he'll be a big personality. That guy is a combination of Russell and Tony. And I feel like he's out there to create chaos. And that's not okay with me because I want to be the one creating chaos and have it be organized chaos. So he would be one of the first people I'd want to vote out. Oh, the Boston Rob wannabe? I bet his favorite player, I bet he sat here and talked to you and said his favorite player was I haven't talked to him yet. I'll let you know after the game. How about that? (laughs) Sounds like a deal. To no fault of his own, he sort of looks like him in a way with like dark complected, the dark hair, like the New Jersey thing going on or whatever. That was not a good New Jersey accent. I don't really know. Also, not for nothing, his name is Boston (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Oh, sh- <laughs> just Rewind. Just, just got to put it out there. Rewind. He's here to play the game, and he's going to try and screw people over the minute he can. But I don't know how long he'll be in it, because I'm not sure if he's going to make enough connections in the beginning, too. So, depending on what tribe he's on, if uh, he could be one of the first to vote it out. During casting, I told they asked me, who, who are you scared of here? Who do you think could win? I said him. Uh, he, uh... <laughs> He just has this ability to go from kind of deep in thought and focused to super lively, super funny out of nowhere. Like once again during casting, like at one point, he was the first person who I think the execs interviewed during that process. He came back into the room and he wiped his brow all dramatically, and everybody laughed. And he, ha- I feel like he's the guy who can really own a room, and uh, he might be very dangerous. Dominic Abati might be very dangerous indeed. He's optically dangerous, certainly with a dark and menacing stare that sears into the soul, a smirk that takes no bullshit, a deep voice oozing with trouble. And while Dominic might be a great and loving man in the real world, he's not in the real world right now. He's on Survivor, and he plans to act accordingly. In terms of the comparisons to past Survivor players, Dominic most readily embraces the kinship with Tony Vlacos, king of the Kagian jungle, and a ghost out here in Fiji in his own right. Dominic, who actually works in construction, no joke, plans to commune with the spirit of Tony in the 39 days ahead. 
And that begins with an evolution of the spy shack and spy bunker. More from Dominic, following these words from Probst. Dominic walked in, and for me, I wanted him on the show immediately because he is that quintessential East Coast dad with a, a, a colorful past, and he's still a family man, but he'll talk some shit about people. And th- I like Dominic. I think the one question I have about him this year, is the age of the other people going to work against him? Or will he be able to latch on and they'll gravitate to him? Because I like him. I think he's going to be a great storyteller, great interview at Tribal, and he will play the game. So how are you doing? I'm well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's start with who are you, first of all? All right. I'm Dominic, 38 years old from Long Island, New York. Where in Long Island? No, uh, Smithtown, East End. Huntington. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So nice. not far away. Not too bad. Yeah. Um, I currently am a construction supervisor. I work primarily in Brooklyn. Uh, I'm a father of three. Um, I have two daughters and a son. My girls are nine and seven. My son is three. My wife, who I'm married to for 13 years, but we've been dating for 21. High school sweetheart. Uh, Yeah, that's been going strong. What does she think about all this? Oh, mixed emotions, you know. Uh, Some days she's got my back, and other days she says, you aren't going anywhere. But at the end of the day, she, uh, she gave me her blessing. What do the kids think? Uh, my one daughter's pumped for me. My other daughter's sad to see me leave. My son has no idea. Yeah. <laughs> he's in the dark. <laughs> yeah, he has no idea. Is he really young? He's three. Yeah. Yeah, so he's just, he probably doesn't even realize I'm gone. He'll figure yeah. it out, yeah, I think. Yeah, <laughs> Somewhere along. They play videos of me, and they're like, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah, he lives in the TV now. Certainly. Uh, well, you will live in the TV soon. Soon. Uh, you know, you are, you are getting involved in this. What brought you into Survivor? Are you a longtime fan? Is this a new thing for you? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a longtime fan uh, to the point where I watched the show from its creation, And I watched it in real time. In other words, I watched it evolve as it played on television, as opposed to some people that may have marathoned 25 seasons in the last two years. Um, Not that I haven't marathoned it recently, of course, for, you know, exercise, but... um, but I'm not. I have. I'm not a hardcore. You know, I just recently got into the last two, three months when I knew I was coming out here. Got into the whole social media aspect. Even Rob, Rob has a podcast. Nice. Recently got into that two months ago. Obviously, I know who you are. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's pretty fresh to me. Um, and I had no idea that world existed. <laughs> are you prepared to be a part of that world? <laughs> now I'm like, what am I That's getting a part of It's a part of the experience, man. You know what? Uh, yeah, bring it on. Absolutely. I'm ready. And Sestanino grew up where I... Uh, where did he grow Wanta. up? Uh, Wanta. Yeah, and I actually originally grew up in Levittown. Okay. So I'm familiar with that. All right. Well, the Long Islanders got yeah, your back. Yeah, do yeah, us yeah. proud. Don't do anything I'll shameful, tr- okay? You know. No, no, no. I mean, I'll, I'll push it, but I won't cross that line. <laughs> good. The line we know I'm talking about. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. you've been watching for a while. So what do you make of the evolution of Survivor? I mean, where are we now? Um, I'm so happy that I'm playing now. Because to see kind of, not to say the game was boring back then, but it, it definitely lacked luster. Now to see the elements and the, and the loops and the twists and things we never expected to come out and to see how people 
can grasp their creativity and say, look, this is a new twist to the game. Let me see if I can utilize it in a certain way that, you know, may take this game to a new dimension, which I think has happened in the last... I think between Millennials, Gen X is really where I saw a strong progression of change. And then even the stuff that Sarah Lucina did with testing people's trust with, you know, these advantages. I'm fired. I can't wait to get my paws on that stuff. I mean, just, I just want to see what I'm capable of. See if I can't pull something off. What do you think you're capable of? What's your in your in your mind's eye? Like, what are you seeing you do out here? You know, it's a lot easier said than done when you're on your couch watching the show and you say, "Oh, why didn't they do this or do that?" You know, and I don't know what they're going through at the time, emotionally or physically or mentally. So, for me, I. I do. I see myself using some type of twist in the game, whether it be an idol or a, or an advantage or any type of twist that... In other words, if you give yourself enough time, you can r rummage something up in your brain. I don't have an example right now because I'm not out there, but I know it will present itself. And when it does, I plan to execute it and hopefully flawlessly. Um, a lot of people, you know, everybody comes into this with their codes of ethics, sure. right? Like everybody comes in with the lines that they're willing to cross, the ones they're definitely not willing to cross. Uh, some people view this just as a game. Some people take it very personally. Where are you at with yeah. all of that? It is just a game. And because I know it is just a game, I will flirt with as much disaster as I can. If I see somebody brings honor and integrity into the game, I'm going to exploit that to its fullest. I have no problem if someone brings their faith into the game, I will exploit that to its fullest. Because I have respect for people of faith on the outside world, I have respect for people of integrity and honor in the outside world, but we are not in reality. This is a game. People need to understand that. Does it feel weird, weird to be like in an alternate universe right now? That is the most well put Wait, to say, I constantly, I've been here for a while now. Few days, right? Few days, probably almost a full week. Yeah. And even today, it's good that they let you absorb it because you really, if they dropped us off here on Monday and we started the game Tuesday, not one of us would be standing right now. We would just have had a, a mental explosion. Yeah. The fact that we sit here and we sit here and we absorb it, the reality is coming, it's coming, it's coming. But still, even this many days later, I will think of something maybe from home or I'll think of a season or an episode. And then once that thought leaves my mind, I look around and I say, oh my God, I'm in Fiji and I'm about to play this game. And it doesn't, it doesn't fade off. It still is strong. I, I can't explain it. It's crazy. What do you think of Probe so far? He's the best. I mean... It, First of all, he's an artist. Everything he does is amazing. And just being in his presence, you're just like in awe of the guy. He's just, especially to Survivor fans, he's like the celebrity to, to to be able to encounter with someone like that. It's the greatest thing. I'm not a huge celebrity guy. I don't, I'm not... You're not wowed. easily starstruck. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not starstruck. But being around probes, yeah, I get a little twitch for sure, yeah. You've been following along for a while. Certainly. So. That's what it is, I think, because I've, I've had him in my life for so long. It's as weird and creepy as that sounds, you know? And I, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's the feeling. Yeah. It's just, just being around him. It's crazy. What do you think Survivor saw in you? What do you think it is about you that Survivor saw and said, we got to have this guy? You know, 
when they first asked me to come out, I wasn't sure that my video really represented what I wanted to bring to the game. But I guess they saw a somewhat devious side, and I guess they found it creative that a father of three, who loves his children and does everything in his life to protect his children, is willing to ruin the lives of somebody else's children, which is pretty much what is, you know, if all goes according to plan, will happen. So uh, I think that might be a, a unique characteristic that's not always seen in the game. Because like I said, I, I, I'm a soft, loving father, but I, I'm a cold-hearted bitch too. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to tell people you do? You're in construction. Are you just going to go with that? I'm going to definitely Or are they have... just going to think you're a cop that's because a, that's yeah, the connotation, I've, right? I've had this issue. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let them know it's construction. I, I'll make that apparent. I'll say, guys, listen, let's just clear the water. Here's what I do. You want details of my job? I'll happily sit down with each and every one of you. The one thing I will leave out possibly is telling them that I'm a supervisor. I might say like, oh, once in a while I fill in as a supervisor for if, you know one of the other foremen are on vacation, I'll fill in. I'm a supervisor in training, but I'm not... Not that I even need to get into that much detail. If they don't ask, I ain't going to tell them. But if they're like, really? Just construction? You know, then I'll have to, you know, bring it to where the story sounds more believable. Because I think there's a leadership... Even though I don't want to come out of the game as a leader, I'd much rather let someone else take that role and I'll be that person's number one cheerleader because I think there's more reward in that. Yeah. But if... I, I just think naturally if I see someone's trying to light a fire and they don't get it done, I'm going to be like, all right, just get out of the way, let me do it. Or if they can't build a shelter, I'm like, get out of the way, I'll do it. And then I, eventually they're going to be like, all right, this guy knows shit. Excuse my language. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're, we're, you're we're fair. Good. Yeah, fair, fair use. <laughs> Whatever you want. Okay, good. But I mean, there is the connotation with it, so I'm sure it's gone through your mind. Certainly. I mean, um, the cop issue, uh, again, it's just like... They're not, that's not going to happen twice, right? Someone's not going to come out and say they're in construction two times in a row. And, it would just be way too meta, right? you know? <laughs> that's exactly right. But it is right. kind of amazing because you're the construction worker who is planning to play, you know, that kind of Tony-esque. Tony-esque. Yeah. So it is sort of like the, yeah. the show is eating its own tail. Yeah, and I hope to bring a, a level of Tony into my game just without the neuroticism and the paranoia that he, you know, that he had. And again... You don't Not, really have that gear? I have, I have, I have a, 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 a certain aspect of it. Like when he spoke about how he stayed up at night and had conversations with the moon, that's me. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll go on two hours sleep and function throughout this whole game because I will be thinking about what tomorrow brings and how to lay my day out. So I relate to that. And, you know, but that's my other fear is even if I say I'm construction and they, whether they believe cop or not, they still might put the parallel together like, all right, cop or, or construction. He's still from the Northeast. He's still a blue-collar guy. He's still a father. Tony, Tony, Tony. Even Jeremy. Yeah. That worries me a bit. Um, hopefully they don't make the connection. But anyone that recently watched, you know, any of those seasons, uh, yeah. maybe that was a season they watched just before they got here. That's what's sticking in their mind. And if that's what happened, it's a small fear of mine. Spy bunkers, spy shacks. I mean, you could actually build incredible stuff. I got a good idea for a spy phone. Tell me about it. Well, I mean, you got the bamboo shoots, right? They're about 25 feet long. Pop one under the bushes. I go on the other side. I listen to I mean, I would credit everything to Tony. I mean, I would not take credit for it. I promise you that. 
And if, uh, yeah, a bag of tricks showed up in the game, again, it would not be my bag. It would be his bag that he left behind many right. years ago. Or last year he left it behind. So I, I hope I hope to bring a, that, a piece of that back to the game. The sure. spy phone is a fantastic idea. I know, it's a great idea. <laughs> Let's see if I can pull it off. I mean, honestly, would you notice a, sh a bamboo shoot sitting right here? I'd have no idea. How far away would you be? Well, well, I don't know. I think some of these shoots go a good 20 feet, 25 feet. I mean, I have to be behind the bush over there. And you can get great audio through a bamboo shoot. <laughs> we should record a Why podcast through one. Why has nobody done this All right, yet? well, give it a shot. I'm going to. We'll report back when we talk busted, on the other I side. Blame on you. <laughs> well, I'm not going to take play <laughs> for it. I think we can blame Tony on yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's blame Tony. Your ideal day one, you know, first first day on the ground, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you're with your tribe. If everything goes perfectly, how does that day go for you? Well, my day one, primarily, I just want to build relationships out of the gate I, I want to just invite people I want people to know they can come to me I'm approachable come to me come to me you want to work with me I'll work with you you have an idea let's do it I just want to bring I just want everyone to know that I'm workable not only am I workable but I'm not looking to control things so you know by the end of day one to have established at least you know a solid foundation with the majority of the people on my team that's all I could ask for be able to go to sleep comfortably as comfortable as you can be in this game that works for me what's like your view on idols advantages everything like Bring that it. i know it was a little chaotic and game changers but it worked out and it was pretty wild it sucks for Suri. she went out the way she went out but that's the game it's just as bad going out that way as it is picking a rock the situation was unfortunate. I loved that there was that, you know, what do they call it, vantage get-in. I loved that. That was great. I mean, You yeah, did maybe, listen to the podcast. Sure, I did. <laughs> and, sh it may, and sure, it may have been, uh, maybe it is too much, but like I said, I like anything that is thrown out there is just another possibility to get creative and figure out a way to do something wild. So the more things they dangle in front of you the, the more you have to play with other, other otherwise you have to like actually really use your brain and pull something off yeah like russell did uh, and again this is to me i when russell convinced tyson to vote poverty with no nothing but his mouth just that to this day i find that to be one of the greatest moves in the game other than the fact that he's terribly so you know terrible at the social game but just the way he Hold that off. Like, it's what? crazy. Insanity. So Especially to Tyson who proved to be like a really good yeah, survivor player. Uh, unbelievable. So to me, I just thought like, all right, if I have to use my brain that hard, it's going to be really tough. So dangle as much toys in front of me and I'll, I'll get creative with those. And are you going to go running off looking? Uh, How do you do that? I'll How go, do you pull that I, off? I, I know. I don't want to get caught, you know, being that a super aggressive Tony looker. So, I mean, I'll look, but it's have to. It's going to have to be an ideal time and situation. If it if I do not have the time or there's never an opportune moment for me to search, I will not search because it's more important to me to keep the people calm and cool. Um, but at, at some point, we're all going to be looking. I know it. And um, you got to go with the pace of the game. Absolutely. And at some point, they're going to know we're looking. You know, people will know. All right, it's time to search because you know shit's hitting the fan. It's right. time to go. So hopefully, I could find it before I need it. Because once I have it, then I'll just throw my balls out there and just hit the game harder.
Jacob. Yes, sir. Hello. What does it feel like to be inside Survivor? <laughs> you little... <laughs> right off the bat, man! We just started! But isn't that such a great opener? It is. It is. And, and, and what, a fifth of the audience will get it, maybe? <laughs> I feel like more than a fifth of the people listening to this podcast are going to get the reference, but in case you don't, here's the memo. This is Jacob Derwin, 22 years young, a Brooklyn-based musician who originally hails from Long Island, just like Dominic, Rob Sesternino, and yours truly. Jacob is a die-hard superfan, someone who has spent a stunning amount of time obsessing over the show and the game, to the point that he was once the author of the column Next Time on Survivor, published on Inside Survivor, a website that's infamous for spoiling cast identities and certain twists before the show's official reveals. As Jacob repeatedly reiterates, his columns were always spoiler-free. Even still, given his affiliation with the site, I was quite frankly stunned to see Jacob as part of an official Survivor cast. According to Jeff Probst, it's certainly not what got him on the show. I like that he's a super fan and a blogger. That wasn't the the blogging part wasn't a big appeal to me. Uh, gave, sure, gave me a moment of hot pause. stove. Hot yeah. stove. I did say to Jacob, look. Dude, we're putting a lot of trust in you. So, you know, just be, be cool. For his part, Jacob remembers that conversation with Jeff in vivid detail. Dude, Probst literally called me directly during, the, during I think right before 35's filming and said, are you going to screw me over? And I pled. I begged. And they, like, they all know that I don't do Like, I had to make that clear repeatedly. So I, I hope that they're, they understand that if anything happens, it really has nothing to do with me. But uh, that is... But I'm so. I mean, look, everyone's surprised I'm out here. Every like I, the fact that I made it on somehow against all. Some would say common sense. I, I it, it blows my mind. So I'm just hoping to do everybody who got me here proud. All the casting associates and the execs and my family. And it's 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 been a path to get here. But that's what Inside Survivor is. As soon as we start down the greater path of our conversation, it's quickly clear to me that Jacob is a funny, bright, and sweet kid who's in utter awe of the journey he's on. That sense of childlike wonder. Not unlike the childlike wonder displayed by Donathan Hurley, is on full display for all of Jacob's fellow castaways to see. Oh, bless his heart. He seems, first of all, I bet he has like watched Survivor since the day he was born, and has, I would guess it's like the hardest, hardest core Survivor fan. Okay. Um, just the way his eyes light up and all this stuff about, um, he seems like the most excited to be here. That guy was born on Survivor Island. I mean, he's got this smile he cannot get rid of. When we pulled up to Ponderosa, I, I, I thought he saw Jesus. He just could not stop with the grin. I am confident that he's like the hardest Survivor fan that ever lived. I love that guy. He's my favorite. Why? <laughs> He's adorable. So I don't know, maybe he got sunburned the first day he was here. He was wearing shorts and a t-shirt the first day he was here. And then ever since then, he's been wearing long sleeves, long pants, sneakers, like fully covered from head to toe. I'm thinking maybe he got sunburned or something and it's just adorable to me. Um, and his eyes light up every time something happens. So I think I'll really like him. Hopefully I can work with him. You know what, man, that guy, there's something I love about him. If he was on my tribe, I would trust him instantly. That's my fro bro. That's a uh, fro's are us. Okay. It's going to be me and him. I saw, I, I've, I've liked him. He's happy guy, nice guy. Froze our eyes. Uh, I, I nicknamed him Superfan Fro Man. Superfan Fro Man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, tell me about Superfan Fro Man. I, like, I mean, from the moment we got on, uh, we got to LA and I saw him and like everything, he just stoked about everything. I can tell that he's just like, oh my gosh. When the moment they said Ponderosa, he was like, oh, 
And so, like, I think in my case, growing up uh, not being a super fan, he would be really smart to align with him because he probably has some really clever ideas that I would never have even thought of. And I'd like to be on his side. <laughs> he's uh, he's funny. He he um, he's another. I think who, he's probably a super fan. I think of him like, uh, and I mean this in an endearing way, but I think of him like Fozzie Bear. He's kind of a little goofy, like just just today, like he's tripping over things and stuff. But uh, so he looks like a fish out of water. But I suspect he knows a lot about the game, and and no, is probably going to be thinking a couple of steps ahead. These are the reasons why Jacob Derwin was cast on Survivor. He knows the show. He loves the show, and it shows. It's hard not to like. He's a very likable guy and fun to be around, and he had a great tape, and when we met in person, I found him really engaging, and I hope he does okay. I think Jacob, Jacob is probably gonna make friends fast, and I would love to see him go deep in the game. So let's get away from that. Let's yeah, talk man. about let's talk about you as a as a survivor as a, fan. A, um, oh, the fan, yes. Well, I mean, you're you're going from fan to player, so I know that that's got to feel surreal. But uh, mm-hmm. just tell me about like your journey with Survivor. Yeah, man. Well, the first season premiered when I was four. Uh, take that, Will. Yes. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I've been watching the entire time. I've watched every single season at least once. Uh, I've just always been a fan. Something about it. Something about the adventure and the. The, the game aspect. I'm a huge like board gamer and video game guy, and uh, so uh, it, it always caught my attention. And on top of that, I mean, it's kind of cliche at this point, but I do love the storytelling. I'm a, I went to journalism school, like you know, I, I, that's a big part of my life and things that I enjoy. Um, so all those things kind of combine into this really wonderful mishmash that I've enjoyed my, most of my life. Um, I started applying when I was 18, the moment I could. I think I sent them a song. It was stupid. I regret it. And then I applied again the next year. I heard back. Heard back, uh, and I replied with the proper paperwork, and then it just fell flat. Heard nothing for two years, and then I was finishing up college uh, last fall, and I decided, hey, I have that casting associates email. Let me just like email her. Why not? Like, who, who you know, what, what's the harm? What, what could happen? So I sent her, and I got, I got a call a few weeks later uh, while I'm working on a project, and uh, from there. It, it started happening bit by bit. It was frustrating. A lot of everyone on the crew called Survivor a terrible girlfriend because you're all excited and you're chalking and it's all amazing. And then they dad, you know, they vanish for extended periods of time. And then they call you back. Oh, come, come see us in California. <gasps> really? And then they don't hear back for a month and a half. And it's like the girl at school who you never thought you had a shot mm-hmm. with. And suddenly there's interest. And then mm-hmm. it's gone. And, and then, then it's, it's gone. Back. Yeah, precisely. hundred percent. And so, uh, it's it is a it is a dream come true to be here. I'm just I'm over the moon. So how are you feeling in terms of now that you're here? You've got boots mm-hmm. on the ground. You're seeing who you're up against. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? What are your thoughts right now? Young cast. I've said that a couple times today, but it is a young cast. I thought when I okay because I'm a dork, you know, I filled a notebook with what I thought the theme could be, uh, and I ended up with like three ideas. I'm like, Since you've been out three. here, before I came out okay. here, and then when I came out here, I started refining them. The first the first one, I legitimately thought I was coming into Millennials Gen X two. I, that's what I thought this was. I thought this was, I'm like, I'm a young guy. I fall into a specific archetype. This is why they want me. It's from Millennials Gen X to a young Jewish guy won it last time. Why not this time? Yeah. Um, but I get here and like, I don't think anyone on this cast is over 35. And I could be wrong about that, but this is a young looking cast. So unless it's just Survivor Millennials, which I don't think would work out, uh, you know, that I think that, that idea might have gone kaput. Um, for a while at home, I thought it was going to be Survivor Classic. You know, take away the idols, take away the island, the exile island, and the swaps, and the 
you know, vote steals and all that jazz and, and, and make, you know, make us play a, you know, Borneo-esque game. Um, but then I realized, you know, CBS probably doesn't want to get, you know, those are exciting moments. Those are, that's television. They don't want to take away, you know, the Kelly Wentworth moments or the, the, uh, the, the you know, the no votes stuff like in Cambodia. Um, so at this point, I mean, look, we, we all know what 35 is now because of the preview, but like, I, I don't think, I, I th- what I'm thinking is since 35 was so like over the top with the theme, heroes, healers, hustlers, my God, uh, <laughs> triple H. Yes. Um, I, I think our season might be more cut dry. I think, I think we might be one of those lucky seasons that just gets to be survivor insert island chain name here. I know Yasawa hasn't been used yet, so maybe that, um, so that's what I'm hoping. I'm I, I'm I'm hoping for a relatively cut dry season with a continuation of the same kind of twists and stuff. You know, twists as in like advantages and all that that we've seen, uh, and, but a little more just focused on where we are and who we are, and less about you know how how does this represent you as a blue collar worker? Yeah. A little less of that, maybe. What is your hunch in terms of like the progression of the game? Like, given where we are coming out of Game Changers, you don't yeah, know where yeah. they go with 35, mm-hmm. but like where Survivor is now in its evolution, mm-hmm. how do you expect that to factor into what you're about to experience? I'm a little worried it might be too much. I'm a little worried that they're, you know, we're, we're all going to walk in and everyone's going to have an idol or something. Um, that that actually terrifies me quite a bit because that's, that's a dangerous game. Of a Everyone kid. walks in with a goodie bag. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got a bag of tricks, yeah. Um, I think I think at some point they're gonna have to do some sort of refresh, because there comes a point where, you know, you lose a legend even though she never got a single vote, uh, and that best hurts. Uh, I'm referring to Serena, of course. But um, so I think uh, you know there's gonna have to be a moment where they say like if we want to keep some of these people around we gotta you know make sure there's room and it's not just if you don't have immunity you're out. Um, so at some point. There's going to have to be that. Until that point, I think you're going to see a, a continuation of younger players. I think you're going to see young, young... I think Lynn said in a video once, like, she's looking for young people with experience. So I think you're going to see a lot more of that. You're going to see a lot more of, you know, 20-somethings or even late teens who have done something incredible in their lives, and now they're kind of go do this incredible thing too. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I see that. I'm looking around at the cast, and I see people who are very clearly individuals, despite, you know, maybe a, a, a lack of age. And uh, I, I enjoy that. I like that. I'm excited to really actually meet who these people are. So you're a young person. I'm yes. sure you have experience. What is your experience? Mm-hmm. What is the Jacob Derwin experience? I know you're a musician. Mm-hmm. I was, I was going to make that joke. Uh, <laughs> me yes. too, um, Jacob Derwin experience. I, I mean, I'm probably more traveled than most my age i've been to israel several times and i've been to all over the uk and ireland and scotland and uh and, and poland and i've, I've you know I've, I've, I've you know travel I've, I've explored my culture i've been to the concentration camps and i've you know and i've i when i when i is your judaism really important to you i mean i'm, I'm a reformed jew i'm not i'm not gonna keep kosher on the island if we find a pig uh but but you know my community is important to me and judaism is my community you know that's how i grew up. my mom is a hebrew school teacher and my dad's a youth advisor i had no choice like yeah. this was this was a part of my life from day one so um that's why i bring it up so much but like uh you know, on top of that, like I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm pretty mature for my age. I, you know, when I finished high school, I was kind of tired of being, you know, bullied and isolated and feeling alone and all these things. And I, I decided that, you know, I'm gonna go to college somewhere where no one knows me and I'm gonna reset. And I went to Kent State in Ohio where I knew nobody, and I tried again, and it worked, and it worked out. And I, I realized, like, okay, you can grow, you can learn from your past experiences, and you can become a better social human being. You know, so. That, that's 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 my main thing. I think is that um, a lot of people here have probably always been people pleasers, 
or always been the top of their class or always been this or that. I wasn't. I, I've had to learn how to. I've had to figure out how to move my way through different social dynamics from, from trial and error for my entire life. You know, some people are going to... I came out of the womb smooth talking. I didn't. Like, this took a lot of work to be even semi-charming. So uh, I, I think that experience helps me a lot, and I, I think that's what kind of defines me coming into this. Uh, ideal day one. Feet on the beach, game on, game it's on. happening. If it's a perfect day, how does day one go for Jacob? If it's a perfect day, day one for Jacob goes that we actually get a damn good shelter together. I mean, that's where we put all our energy into. It probably won't happen, but <laughs> that's, that's my perfect day one. It's everyone actually working together for half a minute and getting our crap together before they start running off. And look, I'm, I'm of the new school. I get it. That's not going to happen. People run out on the beach and they start making alliances and deals. But like, dude, we need to sleep somewhere. Uh, I want to get eaten by ants on day one. So how about we do that? Um, followed by an actual you know, opportunity time to meet people on an individual basis. Uh, understand who these people are. Get some feel for who everybody is around me. And, and, and go to bed that night understanding who I'm with. That, that's, that's my ideal day one. My ideal day one is not get a final three in order. The people who do that I think are foolish because you, you, you can't make that stuff last. This game has so many damn turns in it, you know? So uh, for me, the, um, yeah, for, for me, just understanding the group I'm with, everyone being open to a degree and, and working together, if, even just for a moment, uh, would be would be my ideal day one because that gives us a great foot to start on going forward and then we can go all run off into the woods because we have a place to go back to. Um, I'd love to get a sense of your philosophy on Survivor. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, people walk into Survivor with their codes of ethics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got your coach, right? Your honor, loyal, mm -hmm. integrity. You've got your Tony who will you know swear on his kids, on his badge and everything sure, like yeah. that. Um, where are you within that? Um, is Survivor just a game or are there lines for you? I think we, we learned recently in this game what those lines are from, from Game Changers. I, I don't need to talk about it any further um, when I refer to that because that was you know, madness. But, um, you know, I, I, I have a few very close friends who know I'm doing this, and I sent them all a message before I left, and I said, just letting you know, Survivor is a game about lying and manipulation, and if I do anything on television that offends you or disgusts you, I genuinely apologize. Because I, I, I I'm not a super volatile person. I'm going to try and be level-headed about everything. But I might say something that I regret. I might say something. I might hurt somebody. I, may, I might make someone cry because I vote them out when we were allies. Like, I, I don't know. Um, and one of my friends, uh, her name's Andrea. She is one of the most badass people I've ever met in my entire life. Messages me back. She goes, I was talking to my fiancé. Uh... He, he, this is what he said. I want him to win that shit. You have, and she said, you have our blessing to be as manipulative and petty as you need to be. So, look, I'm not going into this with any. Um, I'm not. I'm not intending to be some pathological liar and just twist everybody's ear all the time. Like I don't want to be that. I, you know, you, I want people to like me. But if 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 I am in a corner or I see this is my best route to getting to where I need to be, then I will. It is a game, uh, and I'm not out here to just kind of sit around and, you know, die if I don't, you know, like, no, I'm not, if I'm in trouble, I'm going to fight back, and if that means just <laughs> lying through my teeth, then, then so be it, and I, I think that's okay, and once again, I think as long as you're not going for anything that clearly is out of bounds, and I hope everyone has the common sense to understand that, I, I think, you know, the whole loyalty, I mean, loyalty's good, but the whole honor, integrity thing, like, great, man, you're a great father, a great husband, I'm sure, 
Yeah. That's survivor player. Let's, let's play survivor. Right. Yeah. Um, how are you as a loser? You know, if you get, <laughs> if you get, I have uh, a lot of experience <laughs> with that, man. If you get, you know, if you get like really mightily blindsided, you know, if if it's a real slaying, mm-hmm. are you going to be able to walk back from that and be like, good move, or are you going to take that poorly? If it happens after the merge, I'll take it with such dignity, because I don't want to go out of this game. He's, I don't want to go out of this game just like, eh, well, he was in the minority and he's not as strong as us, so let's get rid of him. Like, my nightmare is day one, you know, or first tribal, rather, being blue just because I'm not athletic. Um, you know, so if I get, okay, if I get booted in the most mundane, just like, we're on a tribe, we need strength, he's not strong enough, even though I have a million other qualities that people should look for in their allies. Um, if that happens, that's going to hurt a lot. That's going to that's gonna be me on the pre-merge pre, <laughs> trip scowling the entire time. If it happens afterwards and I get to go to the jury and be a part of the rest of the game, and especially if it is a really great move, if it is a massive blindside, if it is something that clearly took some thought and some effort and some you know gathering of people behind my back, then I was doing the same thing. If you outplayed me, you deserve to be there and I don't. Simple as that. Um, I, I mean, look, I can't say how bitter I'm going to be if I am on the jury, and I, I don't plan to be on the jury. I plan and win but you know uh, you know I'll, I'll i will try to pull myself back from any kind of bitterness and i intend to vote for the person who i really believe played the best game and the person who i think deserves the million are you worried about the challenge staff always man have you have you, uh, have you like been like working out and stuff like getting I, prepped for between that? between finals and now i lost 30 pounds i think i may have gained some at ponderosa i was talking to dr joe and he's like i'd work on getting some of that back and i'm like yes sir doctor's orders <laughs> you got it but uh no i my I, it's weird to say i'm in the best shape of my life for this but i am despite me not looking nearly as nice as half these people most i think all, you look fine thank you sir I, it's, just, it's just like i mean from from a very like like just minimal standpoint my arms are better than they've ever been my shoulders are better than they've ever been i was running a mile a day at a point my legs are better than they've ever been my stamina everything pretty much every just basic physical attribute that i think i need for especially for team challenges um they're better than ever and on top of that like i am good at puzzles i hate being saying that because there's going to be a puzzle and i'm going to screw it up yep. um but you know they, that is the curse that's the curse but if they give me one puzzle early on that i just rot like if they give me tower of hanoi for some, I don't know if they will. I think they did it once before or twice. But they give me Tower of Hanoi. I will do it in 10 seconds in front of my tribe and just, like, slam the table and walk away. <laughs> like, you can't vote me out. Look at me. Um, that said, if they give me a, a puzzle I don't know, that could be disastrous. So. How about, like, survival stuff? Fire? I've been practicing fire a lot. Um, I haven't done it with some of the materials that are available here because I live on Long Island. Um, but I feel confident in my ability to use flint and to get a fire going if it comes down to that, especially in a tiebreaker. I feel, I feel, I feel decent. Um... And I think I think shelter building and stuff like that I think will feel it. I, I I I've watched so many videos at this point and paid so much attention to what people have done in the past. I feel like I should be able to replicate it a little bit. What's happening with the music? Yeah, well, put out I put out a self produced Well, my friend David helped me produce it. It's pretty uh, lifelong music man. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I was I came out of the womb shuffling to Hootie and the Blowfish. Um, I only want to be with. That's yeah. that's my karaoke jam. Uh-huh. Um, no, but that, that's a weird example to pass. I'm a huge <laughs> huge music nerd. I listen to every kind of song. Leading with Hootie. Not not just Hootie. I mentioned that to Gordon too. I don't know why I did that. Why am I on a Hootie kick? No, I, uh, I am a huge music fan. I, 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 I write, I perform, I listen to everything. My, one of the last things I did before I left is I went to a Sylvanesso concert in Brooklyn. It was unbelievable. Um, so that, that's a big thing to me. And I, I put out my own EP recently. It's called Mira. Mira EP. It's on Spotify and all that stuff. What's the genre? What kind of music is it? Uh, I, I'm calling it just kind of indie pop, but I don't really know what to call it. Maybe singer-songwriter. Uh, you know, it's it's... 
It's a, a lot. Of, it's it's the comedy. Can you sing me a ditty, or is that too much pressure? I, I, people keep asking me to sing things. It keeps happening, man. Uh, I, I keep, From one survivor blogger who likes songs sounds, to another. It sounds weird without the instruments, man. Like I'm so used to like. I'll close my eyes. I won't look. Oh, have you heard any of it? No, no? I haven't. Okay, I, I don't. Skibbity bop bop, skibop bop boo. No. Keep going. Do it again. No, do it again. No, no, no. I won't look. I won't I'll, look. I'll sing a thing. I'll, Eyes are I'm, closed. Eyes are no, closed. I, it's a weird thing to do. Uh, the title track is Eyes called closed. Mira from Manhattan. Okay. Uh, and it, it just, it's, okay. Well, I go. Uh, her name is Mira from Manhattan. Her name is Chelsea from Chelsea. Her name is Krista from Columbus. It doesn't matter much to me. And if you want to listen to the rest, you can go on Spotify. Ah, I like it. <laughs> and listen to the actual song because there's a pretty guitar thing and there's some piano and it's very lovely. Do you my play all the instruments? Uh, my friend, I, most of them. My friend David, who produced it, uh, he's a producing student, and I kind of like you want you want your first project. Here it is. So uh, it's kind of the collaboration of of uh, of a guy who's been putting these songs together. I for assume a you're going to be open with that. Like that's a fairly innocuous thing, right? Oh yeah, no. I, I mean, <laughs> you're not going to talk about the blogging. I I'm not going to talk about the blogging unless it comes up. I'm not going to talk about my age. Yeah. Unless it comes up because. Some people don't want to lose to a kid. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I don't really know if there's any negative connotations with being a Jewish music teacher or a songwriter. Some people might assume because I might be like, I'm a singer-songwriter, and they'll be like, you have lots of money. And I'll be like, that's not how it works. I made 40 bucks last month. <laughs> that's it. So, you know, I, the, the, <laughs> that assumption might hurt, but I think if people are uh, at all level-headed, and I can't, I can't assume they will be, but if people have any kind of understanding and ears that listen, I, I think... Shouldn't be a huge detriment to my game. I don't. I don't want to have to lie about everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Come on down into my jungle bunker. I don't know if it's a bunker. It's kind of, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a little palace, <laughs> yes. a little jungle palace. The next player to enter my jungle palace is Stephanie Johnson, 34 years old, mother of two, self-declared nerd and outwardly obvious athlete, a yoga instructor who also writes about health, fitness, wellness, and travel. Stephanie Johnson is positively beaming with brightness, both in terms of her aura and also in terms of her aesthetic. She is like a highlighter. She runs around with all these bright colors. She's definitely the quirky one. Like, uh, she's the most smiley out of everyone here so far. She kind of like, kind of like bubbly and just like hops and skips around Ponderosa. Um, so she's probably going to be, I think she will not be a villain type. She'll definitely want to work with everyone and be happy and joyous and stuff. Um, not a bad person to have around. She just seems like a, a darling, life of the party, like, um, she looks like she's here to have a good time, and I want to be with people who want to have a good time while they're here, and uh, she just looks like a ball of energy. She's pretty. Uh, she seems like she's uh, going to be a life of the party. <laughs> I've seen her, she just like, you know, instant smile and stuff, and that's what I, that's what attracts me. If somebody's looking at me and they've got a big smile on her face, you know, I'm I can get right there and smile with them. <laughs> Super friendly girl. Extremely friendly girl. Um, is probably going to get her out of the game, though. Really? Yes. She's friendly with everyone. She's buttering people up, lots of eye contact, lots of smiles, very bubbly personality. She's fun. She wears neon clothes. She has a neon backpack. She has the big poofy hair. Uh, she's very smiley. 
she was trying to do a cannonball in the pool the other day. And How'd that go? They were like, you cannot do a cannonball in the pool. You're allowed to walk in the pool. You're not allowed to swim. Don't let anyone know if you can swim. Uh, and she was like, I'm going to do a cannonball anyway. Yeah, she didn't. But, but yeah, she's funny. You she's appreciated just, the effort. I appreciated the humor because, like, I think all anyone wants is just to be like, oh, my God. It's like the potato chips. Like, the potato chips is not funny, but we've all been staring at each other for, like, five days now. And all we want to fucking do is just, like, joke with each other and, like, laugh and talk and be like, oh, my God. And so, yeah, she's been able to provide humor, which, again, I think could be very, very helpful when there is absolutely nothing to do. Yeah. Bubbly, I'm totally confused by her because she seems bubbly and she comes off pretty aggressive like she wants to play she's giving me the impression she wants to play that's exactly right dominic stephanie johnson is here to backstab and lie to everyone and she plans to do it with a smile all the way through the gloves are off for this longtime super fan not the least of which is because she's finally here after years of being this close to getting on the show. Note to future Survivor players, when we say you're not out of the mix, you're not. It just sometimes doesn't work for reasons that have nothing to do with the player. I have mixed thoughts on her. I've heard a lot of people saying they love her, and I've heard other people saying she's too much. And I guess that's, that's kind of my mix, too, is she's really engaging and probably a really good friend. But on Survivor, there is that balance of, okay, Stephanie, I just need a moment. But like, I, you know, as you know, I know nothing. You and I are sitting on a table right now. They're out on a beach somewhere living. Indeed. One day after my conversation with Stephanie Johnson, she'll be out on a beach living the Survivor life. Alongside the season's second Stephanie, Miss Gonzalez. How about the Stephanies? You have two Stephanies this season. They're both on the same tribe. Have you thought about how you're going to differentiate between them? No. The, the Malolo tribe, I believe they are referring to Stephanie Gonzalez as Gonzalez, to give you a tip. Oh, okay. Well, she may have just like see. been grandfathered into the well, Brobstian tradition. Yeah, it, she may have done it. She'll have to tell me that. I only know her as Stephanie. And you bring up an interesting point like that. I would not know if somebody had a nickname unless they tell me they have a nickname. That doesn't exist. And we didn't love that we had two Stephanies, but that was the best tribe division. And... That had to, back to those priorities, that has to reign supreme. So we'll figure it out. So who are you and what are you doing out here? I'm Stephanie and I'm from Chicago and I am here to fulfill my 17 year dream of playing Survivor. 17 years. Yes, I, fan of the show since day one, episode one. I've been wanting to be on the show since day one. So I'm pretty stoked to be out here. What was it about Survivor that roped you in and has kept you hooked in for all these years? It was the adventure. I just, I, I don't know, something, maybe I'm just weird. I wanted to like go be stranded on an island and starve to death and <laughs> see, you know, play this strategy, the social game, do the challenges. There was something in that endurance of it all that really drew me in. Who are some of your favorite players? Oh, you know, I kind of like the classics. I'm, I'm kind of an old school person, so I, I like Parvati. I like Boston Rob. I love Tyson. And, you know, there are some new players that I love. I love Jay. I like some of the newer players, too, but I'm kind of like a traditional girl. And in terms of if you like the old school stuff, is that kind of how you want to play, or are you trying to model yourself to the new school? Like, what are you I thinking think in terms of that? I think old school is out. I, I really do. I feel like loyalty doesn't exist anymore. I mean, we're all going to go in there, and we're going to build these, like, fake friendships, fake alliances. And I mean, you really do have to like appeal to people's emotions and 
and um, build genuine relationships, but they're still all fake at the end of the day. Like they're not my best friend. My best friend is at home, like having Bloody Marys right now. <laughs> what does your best friend think about you being out here? What does your family think about you being oh, out they're here? They're so excited. My mom is a lifelong fan like me. Same same situation. Been watching since day one. So they all think I'm a little batshit crazy, but <laughs> they would never want to do it. But they are so excited because they know how much it means to me. So what's your story coming out here? I am a single mom. I have two boys, six and eight years old. I'm a yoga instructor, Reiki master, meditation coach. I'm really into the wellness scene. I'm also a writer. And what I do you do, write about? Um, kind of everything. I have a blog and then I just freelance for different companies. Oh, cool. So a lot of health and wellness. And also I do triathlon. So I write a lot of articles for different companies regarding triathlon. Cool. Yeah. So what got you into the fitness world? You know, I've always been active. I've been practicing yoga now for maybe 18 years. But when my life hit rock bottom and I, I got divorced and I left, you know, the Mormon religion, I, I needed an outlet. And so my outlet was to get outside. And so I just started running. And <laughs> I, you know, one marathon later crossed off the bucket list, but I was hooked in the world of endurance sports. And then I was introduced to an 86-year-old man and... We latched onto each other and he taught me how to swim and went with me to buy a bike and introduced me to the crazy world of triathlon and he actually still competes at 86 years old. That's crazy. So yeah, he's been by my side through Ironman and half Ironman through my entire triathlon journey. We still train together. Did he give you any, any help for this? Any tips? Yes. He said that if people are out there suffering, or if I'm out there suffering, that just know that everybody else is suffering just as much like when it gets bad people everybody's in the same boat but that's an advantage because I know that they're suffering just as bad and I have the endurance and the mental strength to kind of rise above it and kind of almost laugh about it because I'm like yeah you you're really suffering you're really hungry and that's kind of funny and maybe I'll just like poke at you and like talk about pizza just to like piss you off that would piss me <laughs> off deeply it really yes. would so <laughs> cool so you you walked away from the mormon faith that's no small thing um how did that happen you know i just <laughs> i i just needed to rediscover myself and rediscover my faith and my own spirituality and do it on my own terms and you're right it's not it's not a very small small thing i mean i was a very devout you know in the mormon religion for 30 years and it really was just, I just walked, I just kind of walked away. And then I got outside, like I said, and I, I found my spirituality in nature. I, you know, I love to climb mountains. I've climbed mountains around the world. I, I love to just be outside. And that's where I feel the most connected to like my spiritual being. And I, I like where I'm at now. It's, it's been a crazy journey, but. <laughs> so if you worship the, you know, the, if nature is your shrine, and you worship the survivor gods as well. <laughs> this has to be a pretty spiritual experience already. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the ocean and like, I'll be walking around and I'll find pretty seashells and, you know, know that they were just like magically placed there for me. Yeah. <laughs> so if all things go well, the first day of the game and you get your feet on the beach, how does that day go? If it's like the perfect day for you, if you get out there and everything just goes fantastically well, what is your ideal first day in this game? I'm going to make fire a bamboo fire day one and that that's like my main goal i want to get out there and like make a bomb ass fire how do you make <laughs> a bamboo one. fire what's the trick you know so i watched zeke do it 
in Millennials versus Gen X. And then I, I was here, I heard him talk about this bamboo fire that he made. So of course I get on YouTube and <laughs> I, I watch a guy make it and I'm telling my brother about it. My brother is, <laughs> he's kind of crazy like I am in the sense that two days before I left, I, I received a package from Amazon. It turns out you can purchase a, a machete. Okay. On a, I mean, full on arm's length machete on Amazon and have it delivered next day, <laughs> as well as two massive bamboo sticks. Okay. So I'm out in my backyard and I'm, you know, hacking away at these bamboo sticks. I got YouTube going and <laughs> my neighbor, the crazy cat lady comes out and she's like, what what's going on over there are you are you building something and she's like oh no don't worry about it yeah we're just we're building some toys for the kids <laughs> and so she's watching and i'm sitting there and i i actually got a spark um my first go around oh, so good. i'm pretty i'm pretty excited so to you get feel out there confident i feel really good with a machete now yeah i think it's in my idaho roots there you the go country girl in me there you go <laughs> so you know people come into survivor with their different codes of ethics right like there are mm-hmm. people who come in and like there are no rules like your russell hanses or your tonys of the world who just will swear on anything and break any promise and lie up and down um there are people who come in and they're you know sticking to their guns and their in their honor and their loyalty and their integrity and everything like that where are you in terms of Survivor? Is Survivor just a game, or are there lines in Survivor for you? There are no boundaries. I checked my real life at the door, and I will tell these people they're my friends, they're like the little sister, little brother, you know, best friend I never had, and that's not true. My little brother's at home, my best friend, like I said, is drinking Bloody Marys right now. These aren't, these aren't my people. I, I'll do anything it takes. And, you know, I was talking to my, I do have two children, and so I was very aware of how that would be perceived, and and my kids are huge Survivor fans. We've been watching the past couple years. And, you know, I just hypothetically asked them one day, you know, if you're on the show, what would your strategy be? And, and is, hey, what, do you, what do you think about lying? And, and you know, my eight-year-old said, I think if you're on there, you have to lie to them before they lie to you. And I said, absolutely. That gave me permission to go out here and play the most reckless, fun game that I could. And, you know, I, I made sure to follow it up with, well, do we lie at home? <laughs> <laughs> do we lie to mom? And right. it was, no, no. And I was like, all right, good. Were well, they telling the truth, lie. though, or were they playing Survivor in <laughs> that moment? This is true. You don't this know. This is true. Well, you know, being their mom, I can tell there you when go. they lie. <laughs> You've got their tells. I, I, I can tell when they lie. <laughs> How are you as a loser? And what I mean by that is when you know something doesn't go your way or if something doesn't go your way and let's say the worst happens and you get blindsided in this game let's let's pray to god that does not yeah, happen yeah <laughs> but it but if it's just like a beautiful move and it's just a fantastic move can you walk away from that and game respects game or are you the type of person that's gonna be like oh you bastards oh i'm gonna walk off and be like oh you bastards you know and then i'm gonna go probably eat an entire pizza and have a couple margaritas after a couple margaritas i'm gonna be like that was a damn good move and you know what i'd rather go out on a blind side than just a, you know something silly or an easy vote. Right. Stephanie and I start going over the other castaways, and a few things come up that are worth laying out here. We start with Angela Perkins. I think that she might be the only other mom out here. Okay. She's definitely, I think she's older than me, but she's in like our little old people club. <laughs> because I kind of put myself in the old people club okay. out here. Yeah, so I think that, you know, if I'm if I'm with her, that I could definitely have a older people bond with her because she looks like she's had some life experience. Is the old people club a good thing or a bad thing in your yeah, opinion? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Usually I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe this season it's not 
as good of a thing. And I don't feel like I look as old, and I think that it's going to shock people when I tell them that I have two kids. So. And you plan on being forthright with that? Yeah, I went back and forth about that, but in the end, I plan on lying my way through this game. So as much of my home life that I, you know, can talk about and keep truthful, I'm going to do that. Plus, I think that being a mom, I'm a very loud and, you know, bright and excitable person, and I feel like that kind of calms me down if I'm a mom. I like this next bit from Stephanie as she reveals one of her strategic systems while speaking about James Lim. On the scale of I don't trust you to I really don't fucking trust you, he's somewhere in the I don't trust you. Okay, so he's not that far down the line. (laughs) Yes. Here she is again, applying that same scale to Wendell Holland. He is very quiet. He he holds he holds himself very close to his chest. Um, And I know a lot of people back home like that, so I know that showing a little bit more vulnerability with them uh, um, is is kind of key. The more that you can open up to them, the more that they'll open up to you. But he's on the I don't fucking trust you scale. In speaking about Jacob Derwin, Stephanie once again lays out a few more details about her strategy for the next 39 days. He's he's super fan. He's the other super fan out here. I think that he probably is the only other person who's as big of a super fan as I am. And he re- he reminds me and looks just like my brother. Um, so Is that good or is that that's bad? That's good. My brother is like geek to a core and he is my best friend. And so I know that world. I mean, my brother talks to me about playing Dungeons and Dragons all the time and all these, you know, things. I feel like I know that that lingo and I actually would love to work with him because I feel like he would be fun to strategize with. Cool. And are you looking for somebody who's like-minded? Is that something that you want? I think it would be fun. I would ideally like to find somebody who is perceived as more strategic than me, stronger than me, and more social than me and create a shield around me going into, you know, the first first week or so. Finally, Stephanie looks at herself in the mirror and states what she thinks the others are seeing in her reflection. I think they think I'm loud and I'm here to play a social game and that I laugh a lot and that I'm just going to be the biggest flirt of the season. Are you projecting that? That's what you're trying to put out there? I'm not trying to put out there, but that's who I am. And it's really hard for me to tame that. Like, I just am. I laugh a lot. I smile. I, you know, I like people. I'm extremely extroverted and excitable and, um... I'm not trying to project it, and I actually think I need to tone that down a little. Someone who might need to tone it up a little bit? Jenna Bowman, 23 years old, an advertising account executive from Michigan, currently living in Venice Beach, California. She's the last interview subject of this chapter, and the first of my five final interviews of the Ghost Island session. And by the time she sits down across from me, I've heard a lot about Jenna from the other castaways. The reviews have not been kind. That's Miss Dominant Walk, yeah. Very dominant presence, um, stare downs, walks like she runs the place. I think it's going to hurt her game. Or I could be all wrong. She could be great. I mean, I don't know. But at this point, like... My perception is her, she's very dominant. She's going to try to play a kick-ass, super aggressive game, and it'll probably hurt her. She probably won't keep her mouth shut from what I can see in her attitude. She's very sassy. Oh, she's interesting. I, I really, if I would say there's one person who I would choose to not play with just from like spending time looking around, I worry about her and I being able to get along, and I don't know why. It's you don't have even fair. a guess. I just she seems flippant in her actions and like 
you know, very confident in who she is and that's a good thing and that's awesome for her. It just, I like to work with people and help people and when someone doesn't need me, it makes me really uncomfortable and she acts like she could give, like doesn't give a shit about anyone else and so it, that makes me nervous because I don't know how I'll get in. She I'm not sure on yet. She, again, is kind of to herself. Um, she doesn't come off super friendly at first, so I don't know if that's just because we can't talk to each other yet and it's awkward, or if she's actually kind of a little bit standoffish. I'm not sure yet, so that one's kind of hard to read. That girl, she swings at the hammock a lot. I feel like she was a hammock hog at Ponderosa. Hammock hog, yes. hashtag hammock hog. <laughs> yes. Every time we're able to disperse, she's the first one to the hammock and she stays there all day, so I don't like it. And you'd like a turn in the hammock. I always learned to be in the hammock. I haven't been in the hammock yet. <laughs> so you think that does that that denotes something to you about Yeah, her? I feel like she feels like she owns it, so I don't know about that. Okay, let's see if you can snatch that away. Yeah. Um, definitely a competitor. Um, she's she's young, she's got a huge personality. I see a lot of myself in her when I was her age. Um, so definitely a competitor and somebody to watch out for. I think she's going to make big moves and can be very um, aggressive a lot of the time. Would you have aligned with that version of yourself if that person was out here? Probably not. <laughs> Fucking intimidating, right? No way. Probably not. I. She kind of reminds me of some of the girls back in back in high school who were kind of like bullies Ooh. to me. Yeah, and but I don't really know her. I don't want to be like, oh, she seems like that. But you know, she's just like full force all the time, sits down, walks around in her sports bra, doesn't expect anybody to care. And that's kind of like the vibe. I don't know, I don't know. I don't think I ideally would want to work with her just because, you know. Flashbacks. Fast. Flashbacks, yes. oh God. Oh my God, triggering. Yeah, she might be an angel, who knows. Oh, she? has resting bitch face okay it's, it's bad it's bad and i know because i suffer from it too but I, i've just constantly told myself like you need to smile you need to look happy but hers she hers is detrimental it just it may not be coming back from hers i don't i don't know if i can i think i think once i get past the resting bitch face mm -hmm. i'll see who she really is and maybe i can work with her we have to get past rbf first yes that last part is what jenna is banking on that once the other castaways get to know her, hearts and minds will change. Jenna knows she's an intimidating force, but she has a soft side, too. One that should help in befriending the other Ghost Islanders once they can all start talking with one another, even if friendships aren't her top priority. Here's the take on Jenna from Probst, followed by my conversation with Jenna. Jenna is another one that I really root for going in because... She, too, is looking at her life right now and saying, how can I make it better? How can I be a better person? How can I represent who I am better to the world? And one of the things that we talked a lot about was just how she comes across with her smile. And she's been working on that. And she said, my dating life is changing. You know, everything's getting better. So I always think that if you have momentum coming into the show from a point of growth, that could be really advantageous. Unless, of course, you start walking around trying to help everyone else grow, then you become a preacher and no one wants that. Uh, yeah, we got in like two days ago. How long have you guys been here now? I don't even know. Feels like I forever. Couldn't, I think we've slept here four nights. <laughs> I'm like pretty sure it was four nights. Is it disorienting? It is, like, I mean, it's, ex I mean, it's exciting, but I don't know what time of day it is. Like, yeah. I have no, like right now, I have no idea. 
and it's starting to kind of hit me a little bit, you know, it's like, okay, this kind of, you know, you're getting a little tired. The the excitement is like, the adrenaline rush is kind of wearing off yeah. now, so until the game starts, obviously. But. So tell me who you are and what you're doing out here. So I'm Jenna Bowman. I'm 23. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. And I'm out here besides winning the million dollars. But of course. Probably for this life experience. Um, definitely not the most outdoorsy person. Um, so this is going to be kind of exciting to kind of set these boundaries and set these you know goals and try to reach them and hopefully win you know be sole survivor how are you feeling about the outdoors now that you're out here in Fiji I honestly thought I'd be 10 times more scared like sleeping in you know the wilderness without having these like normal things that you're used to these luxuries I mean I peed on myself yesterday like it's like the first time I haven't had like a toilet you know so I literally just tried peeing like kind of like a man and I just like completely peed on myself so I mean it's gonna take some getting used to but yeah, I thought it would be a lot worse, and it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I hope you can pee without peeing on yourself by the end of this that's, adventure. That's going to be the biggest goal. That's like the setting second. A, starting a fire is like the last, the like first one is like not peeing all over myself. Fair enough, fair enough. So where are you with uh, Survivor? Are you a big Survivor fan? Are you new to Survivor? So I grew up watching it, um, but then I kind of was in a household where my mom didn't really love cable, and so we didn't really have TV too much, so um, kind of straight away, but in the past couple years, I've just been kind of more binge-watching everything, and obviously a bigger fan now now that I even understand like the social aspect as a kid growing up I don't think I ever it didn't click with me where right. now it's like you follow these characters and you're like oh my god so yeah now it's a huge fan and now I'm a huge fan and I'm just ready to see what I can do and see like if I'm going to be like okay I'm like Suri you know I just decided to come out here one day and see what I could do and I think I'll do well so. so what's your view of Survivor then you know from what you've watched and everything and as you're about to enter the game like how do you feel this game should be played Hard. I mean, like, if you, I've been saying, like, if you don't have enemies on the jury, I don't think you really played the game right. You're going to have to lie and deceive people to get there, to get to the final place. Like, I feel like, like, Troy Zan kind of just skating his way through. You just don't I, don't, I don't think you belong there, really. So, I think you need to come in, play hard, be willing to play like, everyone says, play like it's your second time, not your first time. Don't have, like, these fear of, am I going to hurt someone's feelings? Is this going to, like, affect me? You just have to play to win. So, that's what I'm going to do. So, you're not here to make friends? I mean, I feel like friendships will happen. I feel like they'll have to come back around. If someone screwed me over, I would be like, okay, it's the game. So I understand. But yeah, I definitely want to have these friendships like long-lasting. Survivor's kind of a family. So, But yeah, I'm here to make the million dollars, not make best friends. Sure, for yeah. sure. Um, so what's your, what's your story coming into this? Who is Jenna? I think I'm somebody that um, people will be able to resonate with because I kind of have always had this... Um, idea like people kind of perceive me a certain way I usually come across more um you know unfriendly unlikable I kind of always have a harsh outer like outer edge kind okay. of um resting bitch face people say a lot the RBF yes RBF I have some of it myself yeah I've noticed yeah I'm sorry I know we're just like <laughs> just R the RBF yeah. off right now <laughs> so I think coming in that's gonna be my biggest you know obstacle to overcome is first impressions get people to really understand who I am underneath not just you know who I am on the outside. And who are you underneath? I'm honestly such a softy. So like I watch like engagement videos and like soldiers coming home. Like I YouTube that like every morning basically when I wake up. And then yesterday, two days ago, I already cried in front of Jeff. Really? It was so embarrassing. Why? What happened? I just started crying. I have no idea. So I'm going to be such a, like, I don't know where I, like, I thought I was going to come in being like, oh my God, I'm so tough. I'm going to kick ass. But all of a sudden I saw him, got in a room with him. I, waterworks. He had to hug me. Was it just the sight of Jeff Probst was too much to bear? Those dimples. I think it might, and I honestly don't know. It was just so overwhelming. I think I'm just super excited to be here. 
and just seeing him was like, oh, holy shit, this is real type thing. So I think that's what happened. And it was just straight waterworks. So yeah, yeah, I think underneath people are gonna see them. I think people are gonna be at home. are gonna be surprised to see like how emotional I am. So you're gonna be stabbing people in the backs while tears are streaming down yes. your face. I'm gonna do it, and then I feel really, really guilty about it probably, and probably have to go off camera, you know, cry a little bit, and then just come back and do it again. What do you think of Jeff? He's so cute. I mean, how can you not love him? Like, I don't know. Like, he's just like, to me, I mean, it's weird seeing him in person because he's just that God and that person that just seems so, like, you always watch on TV. So it's weird to actually see him, but he's actually so genuine and real. Like the fact that he hugged me, it was, I don't know, it was really cool. Yeah. Um, your first day in the game, ideally, how does it go? Like if it's your perfect day and everything goes according to plan, exactly how you want it to go, how does that first day go for you? Perfect day would be just to, I think, make a connection with everybody not just um you know not have a, not necessarily alliances already but um obviously i would like to have somebody that i know i can trust off the bat but i think just making that initial connection with every single person because you never know what's going to happen so what do you think the hardest thing about being out here is going to be for you i don't know if it's going to be this i think it's probably going to be more of camp life i think it's going to be a huge adjustment for me to be outdoors i mean i think i'm like michaela when she built that fire i think i'm gonna be like that where all of a sudden i have to leave because i'm just so emotional so i think it's gonna be the adjusting to not eating not having the things that you're used to having while still maintaining a good social front and you know putting on the happy face and acting like everything's good so i'm gonna have a balance with making sure my emotions and i'm not you know i keep my mouth kind of closed in the beginning when i'm really hungry and i'm really annoyed or something so that's gonna be the hardest part. What do you think about idols, advantages, all of that stuff? Are you gonna be on the hunt? I'm pretty perceptive to things. So I think I'll be kind of like Sarah in that way where, you know, I'll see things and I think I'll probably pick up on them pretty easily. Yeah. yeah. And you think that they're crucial to the game or do you think Absolutely. you can play without them? I mean, I think you can play without them, but I think it is, it helps, it gives you a little bit of security and it helps you make those bigger moves when you know you have a little bit of security on you. So I definitely wanna make sure I'm looking, but don't want, you know, that target on my back. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, people walk into Survivor with, like, their different sets of boundaries, right? Like, there are people who are, like, willing to lie, cheat, and steal at any cost. Yeah. Like, no holds barred. And then there are people who come into Survivor sometimes. They're like, no, I've, I've got my code of ethics and I'm sticking to that. Where are you with that? Is Survivor just a game or are there lines for you? No, Survivor's just a game. Like, I... You want to make those. You want to make friends. Like I love meeting new people, but at the end of the game, at the end of the day, it's literally just a game. When people are at the jury and being like, you know, how did you live with yourself playing like that? Blah blah blah. Like Michaela said, it's just a game. There's no. You shouldn't have emotion involved. I mean, no. I will do anything and everything. So if the worst happens and you get blindsided, yeah. and it's just like a remarkable move, there's just yeah. no two ways about it. It's just a great move. Does game respect game with you, oh, or would you be bummed out? I mean, I'll be bummed, like, okay, fuck. Oh, sh no, you can say okay. whatever you want. You're fine. You know, fuck, I did not, I wasn't perceptive enough to catch that I was going to be doing that. I'm hoping that I can trust people to not be too trusting, because I'm always going to have a guard up and be like, okay, this person can easily stab me in the back. But yeah, if I get blindsided, I mean, and if it was a good play, then yeah. I'll game respects them. game. Absolutely. Um, what do you think of the cast? Good. I feel good about everybody. There's, like, one guy that I feel like kind of is a little evil looking, like a little snake. Okay. He's like that Guido-ish older man. Okay. He might not be, but that's just kind of the vibe I'm getting from that's him That's your right read. And I mean, obviously, like, there's a lot of hot guys this season, so... <laughs> so that's good? That's really good. Okay, cool. The Secret Softy. The Second Stephanie. The Superfan Fro-Man. The Father of the Spy Phone. 
one thing bonds them all together. Every single one of them is at risk of becoming... Wait for it. The first one out. I'll first have Probes kick me square in the balls. Then he can snuff my torch. And then I'll have a beer and salute Survivor Island. I would be devastated, obviously. Um, but after it all goes through my system, I'll be grateful and I'll say, what a great time, what a great opportunity. I can't believe I went out first. My family, my wife, they're all gonna kill me when I get home. But that's the game. I'm not, I'm not gonna kill myself, but it, it'll hurt. You would want some ice for the- uh, Certainly we'll need ice. <laughs> Certainly we'll need ice. I can't go through all of that and, and, and like, I, I can't go out first after all this. If I do have a say over it, I do want it to be that, that, that surfboarder guy because I feel like he is going to set a bad precedent for what my tribe is banking on. I would be, I mean, it would be devastating. Like, you don't want to come all the way this, this far to be, that's embarrassing. It would be embarrassing to be the first person out. But at the same time, I feel like it would still be a learning lesson. I mean, you're learning as to, you know, what did you do wrong so quick off the bat that you know, they didn't trust you, they wanted you out. So I think in the long run, it would be, you know, a good social learning lesson, but at the same time, just making it this far is an accomplishment. So I think that, you know, I just kind of have to look at the positive of it and say, you know, I've made it through casting and made it to this point, made it three days, did things that I never thought I would do. So it's still, you know, a positive experience. I'm not going to lie. It'd be pretty devastating. Um, I have an element going in though, uh, gratitude that I am able to play. I don't have my sights. I do have my sights on day 39, but the one thought that I have going into this is that, you know, my mom believes that I'm gonna win this. Everybody at home that I love believes I'm gonna win this. So I don't really have to go in believing anymore. Like they can do the believing for me and I can focus on the day-to-day process. You have to do the work. Yes, and I can focus on the work though because I'm not caught up in that. And I feel like that takes a huge burden off when you can kind of let go of that and just play. I know what to do. I know what needs to be done. It's like race day. I'm here to race. And I'm going to get, instead of a medal and like a free slice of pizza at the end, I'm going to get a fucking million dollars. You might get a free slice of pizza as well. I might get a free slice of pizza too, right? (laughs) I mean, that'd be great. You can hear it, right? It's calling. It's getting closer. The final four first one out contenders and the gravitational pull of Ghost Island coming next on First One Out. First One Out, Ghost Zero, is produced, written, and hosted by Josh Wiggler. That's me! It's a collaboration between The Hollywood Reporter and Rob as a podcast. Taryn Armstrong is our editor. He's also a robot. Ghost Drops, the theme of this podcast, is composed by Josh and Ben Wiggler, arranged by Nick Campbell, and performed by The Sun in the Room. Go to THR.com slash Survivor for more Ghost Island coverage. Survivor returns February 28th, and Ghost Zero concludes March 1st. next time on First One Out.
<laughs> he looks like he's been playing out here for half a year already. <laughs> she she came in carrying um, very expensive designer bags and very aware of her looks. That's my crush. I'm not here to, you know, fall in love or anything like that. I like her. She reminds me in some ways of Kim, who won One World. Just like obnoxiously doing things to, get, to create attention. I don't know if she'll last long. I don't think anybody's going to think he's 18. He was sniffing a Sharpie at the airport. That's all I need to say. <laughs> <laughs>